Kingdom Business Summit 2023 is here. And this is our biggest and best lineup of speakers we've ever had. This event is two and a half days of high level practical business training. The event is jam packed with the tools you need to scale up your business and deepen your walk with the Lord. Over the two and a half days, I will be bringing some business training as well as a hand-picked group of high-caliber speakers. There's a formal dinner where you can let your hair down and have fun with live entertainment. We will have a worship service where we get together, lift our arms, and praise Jesus. We will have a faith-filled prayer meeting, a networking space to meet like-minded entrepreneurs, an exhibitor showcase area, and we will finish with a time of prophetic ministry where you can get a word directly from the Lord. So if you're looking to scale up your business and at the same time learn how to deepen your walk with the Lord, then I invite you to join me for two and a half days of practical business training at Kingdom Business Summit 2023. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to bring you this episode. Uh, we have a great guest with us today. We're going to unpack a little bit about the construction industry, but more important than that, you know, what does it look like to have a kingdom entrepreneur at the center of the construction industry over in the US? Uh, so, Jackie, it's a delight to spend this little bit of time with you. Why don't you tell our audience who is Jackie Sino? Thank you so much for having me. Well, um, I would say, you know, I, I'm a lover of the Lord and been uh, kind of in communication and relationship and intimacy with the Lord since I was a young girl. The Lord uh, had downloaded me uh, just a revelation of his voice when I was about 11 years old. And so pretty much every single step in my life, I can trace it to a prophetic word that came to me through me. And so uh, really, that's how I got into the construction business and, and got into land development. And my family, I come from about four generations of land developers. So I'm Sicilian. That's my family's cultural background. And my great grandfather came over from Sicily early 1900s. I think he was about 14 years old. And he came and settled um, in the Bay Area. A lot of Sicilians did because, you know, in Sicily and little bit of a village that they lived in, um, he and many others were fishermen and, and did a lot on the land next to the water. And so anyways, he moved out to the Bay Area and then he became uh, a boat builder and eventually got into construction, started to build some houses. Then my nanu, my grandfather, took it to the next level and continued building and got into politics. And then my father started building when he was about 17 years old. And then I have two brothers, myself, we grew up, you know, watching that and, and seeing and, and really loving and respecting the land and the building trades and just the whole process. And then through a series of uh, God downloads, he shifted me from one thing that I was doing where I was focusing in on some other passions that he had put into my heart and shifted me about 20 years ago into land development, which is what I do now. And I'm a general contractor in the state of California and mostly in the uh, East Bay Area, uh, about 45 minutes east of San Francisco. So, yeah. That, that, that's a that's good story. I want to unpack the business in a minute. But I, what do you know what year it was that four generations ago came to America? Do you know what year that was, give or take? It was, uh, I think it was around 1900. Yeah, yeah. it's about 1900. 
Yeah. So it's in the early 1900s. And then, you know, we sometimes say that the family business started in 1938 because that's really where it started to gain momentum. And most of what has been focused on is single family residential. Um, But as my father, you know, we're very uh, blue collar, very grassroots, very engaged in all elements of the business. I mean, we all have our work boots. We're very hands on. My great grandfather, um, although I didn't ever know him, obviously, because, you know, he passed before my time, but he was very engaged also in local politics. And then my nanu as well, you know, on the tractors, um, being out there in the field, my father as well. I mean, I remember him working with superintendents and foremen and very engaged and really loved the land um, and the, the very elements of just getting in the dirt and being able to create something from nothing. And uh, that was really instilled in me at an early age, though I could not have articulated that at that time, just being able to drive job sites with him um, and be able to, you know, see the building process and really the trades, you know, the hardworking infrastructure of not just the United States, of, of, of the world. I mean, nothing gets built, nothing gets developed without men's hands. I mean, of course, there's been the trades as well, but over 40 different building trades to build one house. And so... That appreciation, that respect for the land, and just the integrity of, of, of labor was really imparted into me as a young person. Um, I will say, just to kind of round out the story of how I even got engaged in land development, you know, for myself, I would say that my most basic uh, personality trait is I love people, I love to serve, I love to give. And so I really followed that avenue. Um, I went and did my undergraduate degree in, in psychology. And it was my last year doing my bachelor's that I really surrendered myself to the Lord. I had, you know, like I mentioned, about 10 or 11 years old, the Lord um began to speak to my heart. And even in that young age, I was able to recognize that that was the voice of the spirit of God. And so I always had a sensitivity to him. But when I was in that season of life, I just took off my hands and I said, Lord, whatever you want from me, I'm willing to follow you. And so he started to stir me up about going and pursuing a graduate degree. And that's when I I moved to New York City. And at that time, I wasn't accepted into any university, but I knew the voice of the Lord. And I said, gosh, I believe I'm right. I believe I'm following after him. But if I'm wrong, then the worst thing that can happen is I'll live in New York. I don't get into the college and I'll I'll move back home. But I ended up getting into a graduate program. I did my master's in social work. And then I lived in New York for about seven years. Um, I practiced mostly in the South Bronx in New York. And then I had an opportunity through a mentor to start our own counseling uh, business, private practice in Manhattan. And it was about seven years into that, but that's when the Lord began to speak to me. Daughter, I'm calling you from New York and I'm calling you to something different. But I had no idea that it was going to be land development. And I had no idea that it was going to be into the family business. And so in that, out of obedience, I went back to California, but I really believed, you know, God, I really believed that he was going to say, okay, I'm going to release you to go back to New York, but in a different way. And that's part of the prophetic training sometimes is that God speaks to you through you, but he speaks some things that maybe you don't want to hear. So anyways, I ended up getting the word of the Lord that he was calling me to release New York, come back, and that he's calling me to the family business. And so at that time, that's how it began. And I went to my father saying, dad, I want to learn the business. And uh, he didn't discourage me, but he was sober minded. Like Jackie, you're not, you know, 20 years old anymore. You're starting in a later stage of life. This is a difficult business. Are you sure you want to learn it? And I said, yes. 
And so um, at that time, he told me it's going to take about 10 years to get a foundation, a base. And I thought, oh, my goodness, forget about it. 10 years, never. And it took all of 10 years. So nevertheless, that's how it started. And then at that time, once I got my momentum, I started to understand the business. I bought a small parcel of land. And I did all the entitlements, which is basically just going through the process so that you can actually take a basic vacant piece of land and get a map on it so that you can build a subdivision, went through all the approval process, et cetera. And then I was a site superintendent on that job site and built it and basically oversaw all the sales. So from pretty much the cradle to the sales, you know, I oversaw that. And that's really where all of a sudden I saw how I could marry marketplace and ministry because in those early years, it was very, very difficult for me because I had that mindset that ministry was serving people in the capacity I had. And then at that time, I hadn't been exposed to a lot of marketplace teachings like we have Dr. Ed Salvozo and so many others that are showing us, you know, ministry and marketplace don't have to be mutually exclusive. Actually, they can be married. They're supposed to be. But I didn't have that framework. So I struggled a lot. And now I see the hand of the Lord really trying to give me that framework and impart to me that mindset. But at the time, you know, I had to wrestle through that. But when I did have uh, that first parcel of land that I oversaw, I started my own companies, and then eventually I got my general contractor's license, I saw that, okay, now I see how this can be married. And I see that this was the original intent and plan, that uh, this is the way it's supposed to be. So That's just awesome. a little bit of a is is, uh, is your Christian faith go back through those generations? Are you are you the first generation faithful person, or or did, is your father and his father like what happened there? Yeah, it was my my nanu. My family is Catholic; they were Catholic, and mm-hmm. so my grandfather, my nanu, I call him my father's father. He was Catholic, and but you know they were kind of Christ, uh, Christmas and Easter Christians, and so. With that, we grew up within that, that those values, but my father now and my mom are both born again. They're both baptized in the Holy Spirit. My brothers are believers. So right. really that started my generation um, and my mother and father followed suit. Because I'm, I'm just picturing a bunch of passionate Sicilians around a table. And if they're filled with the Holy Ghost as well, I just don't know that I've got a framework to be able to picture that. I, did, like, did, do you get a, do you get a word in Edgeway? Like, it would be it'd just be passionate. There'd be hands going everywhere. Exactly, exactly. No, definitely. It's like the loudest person is the one that's going to win. Exactly, no doubt for sure. There's a lot of voices, a lot of hands going on, a lot of eating, a lot of eating. yeah. You can imagine. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Guys, please subscribe. So, all right, let's get back to the business. So you, um, so we would call you, so you obviously you build houses and you single family homes, right? For, for people. And, um, I've had a bit of a look around your website and, and, and stuff like that. You, you know, your business card is like, like, like extremely like excellent. Um, so you build really nice homes, but we so that's a construction company we would also call you a developer then right so you do both sides so you'll you'll take a big block of land you'll chop it up into little bits and then sell those off or do you or do you only build on your blocks do you keep any what's your business model around how that all fits together 
how that all fits together. And that's really what I, I learned from my family is, um, you know, it's been built over time. So a model has been developed over time, but we rarely sell off any land. You know, my father is um, somebody who in the 70s bought large parcels of land. Uh, there was very little competition in the market. And so he acquired large parcels of land that literally we're still building out today. I mean, these are 40 and 50 year build outs. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's the interesting thing, you know, that he didn't have the vision that he does now. Now he's almost 80 years old and he looks back and says, gosh, I had no idea what I was walking into. I mean, he was... Uh, you know, ambitious in that sense. And he has a very aggressive appetite for business. And he had this natural instinctual, um, uh, you know, business senses, very keen um, in that. But, you know, we see now that that was really the hand of the Lord, allowing him to have favor to acquire those parcels of land and be able to obviously employ people as well over a lengthy period of time. But the business model is really to buy, obviously, when the market turns or buy at, at, at low prices, uh, parcels of land, get them entitled over time. I mean, not every piece of land do we entitle immediately. Sometimes we wait on that. Um, or, of course, buy entitled lands. That's obvious. That's a wonderful opportunity if you can buy when land is already entitled and then you go right to the building permit and can build. Um, but we do have a lot of different teams in-house that do anything from you know engineering, architecture, um, sales. And so we sub out the actual construction to the local building trades. And then we, we sell through a sales and marketing team that we have. Uh, my brother runs a, a sales and marketing arm of the companies. And so we contract uh, with that sales and marketing team for the most part. Um, and sometimes we contract with other sales and marketing teams in the area as well. But it really is acquisition of those raw pieces of land or if they're entitled and then hold them, build them out and then oversee all the sales until basically the family that buys the house gets the keys. Yes. That's awesome. Um, and, I, you know, I think about how good God is, like sends you to the other side of the country to learn psychology so that you can come back and be the person on site that has to handle, you know, 40 different trades and, you know, 40 different egos, um, you know, and, you know, and client expectations like that would have been a phenomenal training ground to set you up for success. No, for sure. For sure. No, there's no shortage of interesting characters out there. So, yeah, yeah I'm like those early days, who would have known that they would have prepared me for um, some very interesting things that I've experienced? Trust me, the truth is stranger than fiction. So <laughs> there's a lot, there's no shortage um, of interesting moments. So for sure. That's awesome. Um, uh, I obviously met you uh, over in Hawaii uh, last year at Ed Silvoso's conference. And um, I think it was just during one of the morning meals or nighttime meals that you hopped up on stage and shared a story. You know, you know, we're talking like 300 people at dinner and I'm just eating away. And, 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 and that story that you told really piqued my interest around the Muslim family, if I remember it rightly, that you, that you helped buy a house and how, you know, just, just I mean, you got to do business and, 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 and obviously, you know, make a profit and those kind of things. But in that journey, you really helped this family do something that they weren't able to do by themselves. And and you had a wonderful encounter uh, at the end of that transaction. Can you take us through what happened there? Because it's a cool God story. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the story uh, in its kind of bigger context is, you know, business in the 
is such an amazing, uh, it's a bridge builder. So it's a connector. You know, business is an amazing network to cross lines and cultures and uh, so many different arenas. So it happened that about 30 years ago, um, my father had built a subdivision and this family um, moved into one of the homes and settled there. Now, 30 years later, unbeknownst to me, I have no idea, I start to get these invitations to a local mosque that is hosting these gatherings really to honor police officers and service people uh, in the community and to have you know a time of really honoring business leaders and then other leaders in the community. And so I started to go to those gatherings and I met one of the directors of the mosque, which is actually the person who bought the house uh, that my father built many years ago. And we started to develop a rapport. I think that that rapport developed for a lot of different reasons, but one of the common threads was that he was so pleased with the house. He loves the area. He loves everything about his community and his neighborhood. And so really that was a connecting link. And so from that, we started to develop relationship and dialogue. And there was an opportunity that he proposed to me to say, Jackie, would you be willing maybe to sponsor an event where we host a Thanksgiving gathering for Afghan refugees that are coming really with the clothing on their back? And that was the time when the United States pulled out of Afghanistan and so many people um, were left basically fleeing that country, not having any food, no resources, no relationships that they knew of in the United States. And they're leaving with the clothing on their back to a foreign country, they don't have the language, they don't know the culture, and it is around the time of Thanksgiving. And so the director of the mosque, who was also the person that lived in the house that we had built many years ago, we partnered together to host this Thanksgiving gathering, which was so wonderful. And one of the things that um, I really love about this person and you know the way that their nature is towards community and honor and so forth is you know, it's very rare to sometimes in this day and age to see organizations that just are taking the initiative to honor others that are serving in their community. It is so rare. And especially with some of the anti-police sentiments and anti-government you know, sentiments that we're seeing, that this person, one of the directors of the mosque, just took the initiative just to say, we want to honor local servants and we want to do good for the community. And so we partnered to do uh, Thanksgiving dinner, we got um, a, actually a Jewish catering uh, service uh, that catered the entire Thanksgiving meal. So it was kind of this interfaith gathering. And he uh, invited and the members of the mosque invited all of these Afghan families that were so gracious and so happy to be a part of it to not only break bread and come into an American tradition and be welcomed, but also we put together, you know, uh, uh, gift baskets of toiletries and diapers and jackets and blankets and necessities and so forth. And so it was just a really, really special time. And I think with, with business, those, um, those opportunities to connect on that level and really develop relationship and rapport, that's another uh, avenue that business provides and marketplace provides that who would have known, I would have never imagined. And we still, we're cultivating that relationship to this very day. Sometimes he'll come to support projects for us and other times I go and do the same for him. And that gap has been bridged now um, with the Islamic community and also with so many of the Afghan families that have come 
I'm settled in the area where we do a lot of business. So it's been a blessing and um, it's been a gift. And it's very much, I, I feel very honored to be able to have that experience and also to be in continual, you know, development of that relationship and others that are like that. So it's, it's been a special experience. There's so much about that story that's beautiful. And if you weren't in business, you would never have had that opportunity to go and do that, right? So, so here's two thoughts about what you said. One, it's extremely sad, right, that the mosque had to be the ones leading the honouring of the city stakeholders. That's a, bit, that's a bit of a kick on the guts, right? Why was that not possibly the local church, right? That's, a, that's you know, one of my thoughts. But, but how great is it that you, see, you're obviously so secure in your faith that it doesn't bother you to go and hang out with a bunch of Muslim people. And, and um, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming you didn't become Muslim and you don't start attending the mosque. So you actually had the ability to go and be with these people and you didn't like, and just go and be effectively Christ, right? Because of, your, because of how secure you were. So now you can go and hang out with them you said partner with them. That'd be freaking a lot of Christians out because they're like, oh, don't be unequally yoked and all that unnecessary verbiage, right? It's like you're able to go and partner with them for the sake of the community. Now, a lot of people, a lot of Christians would be maybe fearful that, you know, a little bit of Muslim is going to come on them, right? You know, just hold them at arm's length, right? It's like the Muslims should be worried that, that a bit of Holy Ghost doesn't come out of me, like... Like that's that's a much stronger power, right? So, so with that, you can go in boldness and go and do these partnerships. And 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 here's fast forward all of that out. It was never your motivation, but I can guarantee you, you'll sell more houses because of that relationship over time. But but I just what I love about the story is you weren't scared to go and get involved and roll your sleeves up with a bunch of people, and and kind of contribute to what they were already doing. You didn't need to wave the flag and say that it's your thing and it's a Holy Ghost thing. Like, there's so much about that story that is so practical, right? Using you know buying buying clothing and and, and necessities for people. Like, you were literally the hands and feet of Jesus in that one transaction. And so, like, the church probably couldn't have done that. The vocational church couldn't have probably had that relationship and done it in such a way. They may not have even been invited. But because of your position in business, it was just such a natural fit for you to go and take your Jesus and infuse him into that encounter. I love the story. Oh, I'm so glad that you, I'm, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share it because I feel like for myself, I remember even from that experience that they asked, they asked me, do you know any Christian ministers? We'd like somebody to also bless the food after the imam says the prayer. And I said, well, you know what? I'm a minister. I, I would do it unless you want me to find somebody else to do it, which is absolutely fine if you would like that. And they said, no, absolutely. And it just says, it just goes to saying that, um, you know, for, you know, the, the head of a mosque to invite a woman first, and that's another aspect as well. I mean, even in churches, oftentimes, you know, women, we still have some barriers that they're breaking through. I mean, not so much, but there is those, there are still those elements, but they, they invited me to bless the people after the imam stepped down. And I shared that same podium. And I remember the Lord years ago said, Jackie, because he was shifting me at that time, about 10 years ago, out of a church that I was serving in, which I so loved serving. And I absolutely had all my heart into it. But at that time, I could not, 
I didn't have the bandwidth to lay the foundation for my construction business in the way that God wanted me to devote the time and energy and resources and focus. And so he started shifting me out of the church to really focus on the business. And I remember saying, oh my goodness, Lord, are you taking me out of a church? He says, daughter, I'm not taking you out of a church. I'm simply shifting your mission field to a different field. You're still serving, but I want all of you to lay this foundation in this particular arena, but it's the same. It just looks different. And I remember him saying, the next pulpit that I'm going to use is the pulpit of private enterprise. That is the pulpit I'm going to be using for you. And I think uh, not to take it too far off track, but you know, I, I want to say that for our Muslim, I mean, the Lord died for the whosoever's and Muslims are, I mean, they come from the seed of Abraham. They came through the seed of Sarah, of Hagar and Abraham. And I think we have to look at it like that. And we don't know the Lord is doing amazing works for me. I always say, Lord, you came and you met me when I was 11 years old, but who's to say somebody that's 70 years old, the day won't come when they're 71 and a half that the Lord doesn't appear in a dream. And so I think we just have to be salt and light and go without motive. Motivations. We go with no strings attached, but we go to bring the love of the Lord. And I think when we do that, we disarm other people. We are disarmed ourselves and people feel that genuine sincerity. And I think going back to what you said, I mean, this mosque is doing wonderful things in the community. They're doing it of their own initiative. They're not getting anything from it. They simply have a sense of honor. And there is a beautiful sense of community in that as well. And uh, I think it's so important because you know, it's like in, in Matthew 25, where the Lord begins to speak about, at, you know, before he comes, he's coming for sheep and goat nations. But I mean, sheep and goat nations, they start as sheep and goat people, sheep and goat communities, sheep and goat businesses, sheep and goat cities, sheep and goat states. And then it goes into that bigger amalgam. But I feel like every one of those aspects that are the criteria by which he's going to judge sheep or goat nations, they all require a monetary component. And whether it's, I'm thirsty, give me something to drink. I'm hungry, give me food. I'm in prison, come and visit me. I'm sick, give me health care. I mean, all of those have a monetary component. It really cannot be any better fulfilled than that in the marketplace. If marketplace leaders take on the heart of the Lord and we master our respective sphere of influence, boom, all of a sudden we're playing our role. We're playing our role. And all of a sudden nations, it really brings it back down to nations are comprised of people. Let's be the sheep. Let's do it. Let's do the, you know, and, uh, and align. And, uh, it was really, you know, my honor to do these. Uh, and I learned from the mosque as well. I learned an element of honor that we don't readily see sometimes in, in different spheres of influence or in even the church. And we have to learn, we have to go into the world as students, as learners, um, as you know, I go into life as a student, I'm not a know-it-all. I have so much to learn and I can glean from others and, and hopefully we can learn from one another, you know, as we go through life with that kind of that posture and that, that mindset. You've, you've effectively summed up kingdom business there. Like, you know, because we're not as business people, as kingdom entrepreneurs, we're not at war with the church. We link arms with the church, right? But it is a different way. Like it's, it, it's a different, it's the same ministry. It's a different permutation of ministry, right? So when I hear people say, I left business to join the ministry, I'm like, no, you didn't. Or I left ministry to start a business. No, you didn't. You can't actually leave ministry or join ministry. It's all ministry. You know, and, and, and I've said this many times that, that if you're a full-time Christian, you're a full-time minister. You don't get to opt out. 
It's just that for some people it looks like Sunday and, and, and a church service, and for some people it looks like Tuesday in a boardroom. Same ministry, different, different function. And so when we, like being a kingdom entrepreneur has been viewed over the years as a second-class citizen. It's you know, lay, a lay person in some respects. But today it's not. And when we do our job, the churches will thrive. And when the churches do their job, we will thrive. And, it's, and, it, and, and, and the, the tide lifts all boats. I want to ask you, though, about, you know, you, you've been at the forefront, I guess, of um, being a female and being in business and then being a Christian female in business is a bit more acceptable today than it was 10 years ago. Um, actually, that's not true. It was fully acceptable 10 years ago, but some of the narrative didn't accommodate it. Um, I, I want you to talk into that. Like, um, there would be people listening to this, well, who are who are female. They're they're building businesses. They feel like God put a gift inside of them to build a business, and yet they might be up against some um, strongholds, you know, whatever at their local church or possibly even at home that doesn't let them thrive. Um, I kind of just want you to talk into that as somebody who's obviously been on that journey a long time and it, and it didn't derail you. You've obviously just done it anyway. You know, how do you see, how, how do you see this unfolding for female kingdom entrepreneurs? But also, what would you say to somebody who's listening, who's wrestling with this journey? Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I would say is you're absolutely right when you say strongholds. I think that's a that's a that's a key term. That, that was a carefully you know, chosen word on purpose. It's very it is it's absolutely exactly what it is. I mean, their barriers to entries really are strongholds. And there's corporate strongholds and individual strongholds. I, I would say to somebody that is a woman that is going through some challenges um, and going through maybe the trenches stay on course, stay on course, know your assignment. And I think one of the things was, is, you know, when the Lord has spoken to me about, you know, going into construction, he gave me a blueprint. He gave me a blueprint of what he wanted the final end results to look like. But then that has to get worked out. That has to get worked out through the trenches. I think obedience to the assignment is absolutely paramount. And out of that obedience to the assignment, we stay focused tenaciously on whatever it is that God has assigned us to be. I think there's a lot of narratives out there about, um, you know, women that, you know, we have to assert ourselves in a certain way and get the attention of others in our arena and so forth. And I'm not saying that those are not good words. I mean, everything plays a role in the development of who we're going to evolve into and how we need to be developed into what God has called us to be. But I think the most important thing is that we really stay on track for the audience of one and that we press in to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. We develop that intimacy. I think that um, that is so key is that we get so imbued with the vision of God. And I think it was Chuck Pierce that said, we have to get the vision so deeply on the inside of us that hell can't take it out of us. That no matter what comes against us, that we are single-minded and that we have a single vision. We are single in our approach and we will not stop. You know, there's in, I think it's in the book of Samuel that talks about long war. You know, and sometimes there are short wars. Other times there is long war. And it says there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And sometimes it's long war. Sometimes it's long obedience. And I will say 
that sometimes we can think, gosh, if I had access or I had opportunity to more resources, it would be easier. And I will say, you know, just in, in transparency, that I've had access to a lot of opportunity and resources of which I am so grateful, but access and opportunity was no substitute for obedience. And a lot of people got further faster than me, but God used those obstacles to bring me into a place of humility, of submission, of yielding to him in deeper ways. And he imparted into me over a period of time, you know, a thick skin and hardened me to certain difficulties. And that's what he did for prophets, you know, as they were faced up against obstacles, they had to set their faces like Clint. They had to allow the Lord to develop in them a certain hardness while their hearts remained sensitive to the Lord. They got a toughness. And I would say that, you know, if it is that you are in an arena where you're not being seen or not being recognized trust that the ones that are in that arena, they don't hold the ultimate key. They don't hold the ultimate access. Ultimately, the Lord will bring you those resources. They may or may not come in that particular sphere, right as you can see with your natural eyes. But I promise you, God will bring you those kingdom men and women that will be an access. They will be a resource. They will be a signpost that will help you on your journey. Ultimately, if God has assigned you and given you that mantle, he is going to give you the grace to go the long haul. But there is a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6, and it's the same scripture. We know that that scripture that talks about, you know, our weapons of our warfare are not mighty, but pulling, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But at the end of that verse, it talks about completing your cycle of obedience. And that's one thing that God has imparted to me as one of my life scriptures. Jackie, you must fulfill your cycle of obedience. And if don't ever give up, not no matter how hard it is, no matter how many challenges, no matter how long it takes, complete your cycle of obedience and trust that I'm going to do what I need to do either to develop something in you through these hardships, or I'm going to bring the resources. I'm going to bring people. I'm going to bring alignments. I'm going to bring those connections, but let me develop in you the tenacity and the endurance and keep your gaze on me and don't get caught up in all these other things that I know that that's easier said than done, but, but it's obedience. It's the intimacy with the Lord, allowing him to form his identity in us. And sometimes that does come. And I know from experience, sometimes it's when the arena around you doesn't seem to recognize the gifts or the hard work, it presses you deeper into the Lord. And he begins to do something on the inside of us. And and those sometimes it melts those little strongholds or big strongholds. It imparts to us, um, you know, anointings um, and mantles that we might not have otherwise been hungry enough to, to go into that secret place to get. Um, but he's faithful because it's his assignment. So he has an obligation to perfect the thing that he has started and to, to finish the thing in us that he has started. Um, and uh, I think that's sometimes we don't get the teaching that no matter what, we stay in the game. And if we do that and we don't give up, we'll see a breakthrough. It will come. It will absolutely come. Yeah. And I think that's true for men and women, right? That, you know, that, um, but for, but for the female entrepreneurs, you guys need to stick at it, you know, like, we need more kingdom female entrepreneurs in Australia and around the world. We need more of them because, because of what's been pushed against them, there's not as many practitioners. That's why I really wanted to speak to you. You're a practitioner. You've been at it, you know, um, and over a long period of time. But we need more. Like, he said, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. He didn't say women just have babies and play the piano. Like, 
Um, you know, like we 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 fundamentally need you know more practitioners, and uh, and and you're a wonderful example of of that. You know, of somebody who's done it for a long period of time. I think that's the key. You know, and and you would have had some battles over the 20 years that the people wouldn't have today, which is a blessing because they shouldn't have to battle them. Um, you know, and, and, and for the husbands or the men who are trying to keep, you know, women playing small, just stop it. It's not okay. Exactly. You're going to give an account for that at the end of your life. You're going to give an account for, you know, stopping somebody else do their assignment. And, 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 and that's not going to go well for you. So get out of their way, men, and just, just let them, you know, let them find their feet, let them fall over, let them you know, skin their knees, let them figure it out, just like we had to do. You know, I think that's, we've, we've really got to, we've really got to, you know, it, it's not a competition, you know, like we're better together. So let, let's just find a way for female entrepreneurs to rise up and to take everything God's got for them. It's not going to detract from my assignment. In fact, you could make a lot of, you know, arguments that when the ladies do theirs, mine gets easier, right? So anyway, that's just my little soapbox. Uh, no. Nope for the episode yeah no i love that it's true though it's not a competition we are better when we collaborate together i mean and that goes for women men i mean we we need one another to be able to fulfill um and i think that the more that we you know can work together and not try to push each other out of the way but lock arms together and try to help each other get to the finish line the faster we're going to get there uh, and the faster we see that yeah come to fruition all right. Talk to me. Talk to me about the future. Um, you know, you you are you, you've got a great foundation, right? You know, you have got a good business, a lot of a lot of influence. You've got the kingdom of God inside of you, but really, you're only hitting second gear now, right? So, uh, give us cast a little bit of vision. What what's the future for for Jackie? But the you know the construction or other interests. What what's going on out there? Yeah, you know what? There is a lot going on out there. Um, you know, right now, God has me in a shift, and it's the first shift that I felt, well, he's been speaking to me about these things for um, at about almost 20 years, I, I have to say, and there's a time and a season for, you know, everything that he lays the foundation and the blueprint for. Now, he's starting to um, pull me not out of the construction business, because that is part of my DNA. I believe that it will always be a pillar of who I am as far as my assignments and what God wants to do through me. Um, but there's a lot of different ways to build. And I was reflecting on this before I got on our call. But, you know, the, the word build means it's it's a Hebrew word, benah, and it just means to add sons and daughters too. So I feel like every single person is a builder in their own way. We have to be increasing. And, and that's really the heart's desire for all of these enterprises, even these more embryonic ones, is that as I... I'm able to get the bandwidth to lay the foundation for them that they'll be um, really businesses that give access and opportunity to, you know, the sons and daughters, the next generation, you know, those that are coming up that they won't have to, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, to go through kind of some of the gritty, uh, messy middle, but they'll be able to go further faster. And so I have a few different businesses that right now I'm focusing on. So I still have um, a, a project in production right now. I have other projects that I'm still working on the entitlements, but I'm letting God really start to develop some of these other kingdom businesses that I'm not exactly sure what they're going to look like, but they're in a totally different mountain. They're more in arts and entertainment, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so that's new for me. 
So I'm diving into the zone of imagining with God, what will that look like and praying that God will give me different relationships and different resources and different skill sets and expertise, because I'm going to need that as I kind of dive into this next season. Um, so with that, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what those businesses are going to look like yet, but I will say that a lot of these businesses, for those that are out there, maybe they have a 20-year-old vision. Uh, you know what? There's a set time for that vision. For every vision, there's an appointed time. And though, it, you know, Terry's like the word says, wait for it, it's going to come. And some of these businesses that I'm getting, um, I'm diving into now and I'm nurturing and I'm trying to develop, I mean, they go back to the late 90s that God spoke to me. I'm an avid journaler. I've got, I don't know, 180 journals that most of those journals, though, they're, they're promises of the Lord, they're prophetic words, and then they're me processing, Lord, now that you've given me these prophetic words, if I were to imagine what they would look like, give me the structure, let's imagine together. Now, you know, let me use all the faculties that you've given me to dream and to envision what would these look like if they became concrete enterprises, and then let God sometimes blow and dismantle and sometimes other times blow and cause it to come to life. But that's really where I am right now. I, I love business. I love building. But I'm really shifting my focus right now to say, Lord, what about these other things? What about these other uh, enterprises that you've given me a good vision and a lot of detail that now I need to start activating those visions and start stepping out in faith? And so um, maybe next time I talk to you, I'll have yeah. some more details yeah, yeah you just all you've done is tease us right like like you just teased us that you're going to take this big platform you've got and go into other businesses it's like oh, oh it needs to be announced here first next time all right we need a we need a kingdom business exclusive here where you announce what this is because you can't just tease us that other things are coming and not say it um, and and are, are you do you do you plan to write a book you know, I have, there are, yes, I do. I have some things that really, I mean, I didn't expect you to ask me that, but yeah, I do have some things that the Lord is like, Jack, you need to write. I need yeah, you, you do to need do to write. In fact, you've got 180 journals to draw from, like half the job's done. Um, but like, uh, yeah, you, 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 you do, you really need to, you really need to really need to start to do that as, as part of that creative outlet, a hundred percent. Um, yes. I think that, I think, cause you're incredibly articulate. Um, got a long history got good family history there's there's so much about that that i think others would find inspiring that you're going to have to document at some stage when the time's right um absolutely yeah and that's right on point because that really is what the lord spoke to me this season you've got to write write and write and mm. so that's another part of it is okay i'm going to dive into that yeah, thank cool. you for that. um I wouldn't call myself a prophet but i'm just like that story's got to come out that's 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 really where i'm coming from um, one of the things that I always last, I mean, we, we kind of spoke to the females a little bit before, um, but I just want to create a space with a, with a final question around, all right. Um, the journey's long and hard to build a business, right? Um, and it's harder than you think and longer than you would like it to be. I, in my experience of, you know, coaching tens of thousands of people, um, there'd be somebody on you know listening to this right now who's you know on a treadmill or 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 just out for a walk or driving um mowing the lawn whatever that, and they're feeling flat and despondent right they they love the lord they feel called to business got some challenges what would you say to those people 
Yeah. You know what? There is, like you said, there's no easy way. I mean, there's not always an easy path to the materialization of the dreams. But what I will say is that if God has spoken it, then he will bring the resources. He's going to bring the favor. He's going to bring it. But sometimes we just have to take the baby steps. We have to launch out. We have to put our faith into action. And then the Lord starts to breathe and blow. He starts to pave the way. He starts to remove obstacles and barriers. I mean, all it sometimes takes is one person, one relationship. I would just stir yourself up. Sometimes it is like David said, I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. I know from somebody, I mean, I, I'm living it, that there are visions that are for our appointed time. And I think that right now we're in that place where God is going to release, I believe, a revival that's going to bring forth a great harvest. People need, I mean, the, the part of that great harvest is not going to happen in the churches. It's going to happen out there in the streets. It's going to happen with the unchurched. Part of it's going to happen through our marketplaces that are going to become ecclesias, our businesses that are going to become those seedbed for, for souls to come into the kingdom. So I would say be tenacious. Don't give up. One of the things that the Lord has already always spoken to me, and it's one of my life scriptures as well. It's out of Psalm 110 and it's just a simple phrase, but it says rule in the midst of your enemies rule in the midst of your enemies. And the Lord has often spoken to me, Jackie, you've waited a long time for there to be no enemies. Daughter, it's time for you to rule in the midst of those enemies. Don't be afraid. I mean, in this season of 23, 2023, I mean, a lot of the prophets are speaking about Psalm 23, but it talks about there's a table prepared in the presence of your enemies. Sometimes the giants in the land, they're going to be there. But if we have a call, if we have a commission, if we have an assignment, keep your face like flint and face off with your enemies go full speed ahead and the Lord will give wisdom and counsel and others that'll be alongside of you. I really believe that it's the power of one, you know, by one sin came and by one, it was atoned for. So don't underestimate the power of one and uh, go for it a hundred percent. And somehow, some way God will start to open up the doors. He'll give it a confirmation. And uh, you know, whatever that is that he's put inside of you, run your race, run your race. I mean, because it's up, he will do it. He will, he will make sure that you finish where you're supposed to finish. So don't give up, just go forward, set your face like Flint and, and trust God will do that. And he will, he will. That's gold. Um, well, you're a blessing, Jackie, uh, to your Muslim community, to your, you know, to the clients that you build for, and you've been a blessing to us um, and, uh, and our kingdom business community here. Uh, we appreciate you and, uh, and we'll be praying for you to, as you step into these next seasons and businesses um, and start to multiply what the last 20 years have been for you. Um, appreciate you giving up your time. There was so much wisdom and gold in that. So guys, you so you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Guys, as you know, uh, at the end of every episode, my question for you is, what was the one thing Jackie said that jumped out to you? I want you to put it in the comments. Uh, I want to see what it was that was popping for you. She covered a lot of ground, a lot of gold, there's a lot of wisdom, um, really good application of scripture in, in how it plays out in business life. There was a lot in there. So I want you to basically put in the comments, what's the number one thing that jumped out to you? Do that right now and that'd be a blessing. Jackie, again, uh, we'll get you back here one day. Uh, I in intend to uh, be over in the US a few times this year. My brother lives not too far from where you are. So uh, maybe there's a chance for us to cross paths and catch up. Awesome. All right, bless you guys. And we'll be back next week for another installment of the Kingdom Business Podcast.